Hops and Stocks podcast is presented by 100 Spoke Media Group. We encourage our listeners to drink responsibly. Please note, we are not financial advisors. We do not offer or provide financial advice. And, um, you know, Blast got the call from Jared, either yay or nay. So I guess it was a yay. Like, we still playing. They're so right. Blast, Blast came down the hallway, hype. He's like, it's on, it's on. Oh, I'm man. like, oh, man. I can't believe I was hype. <laughs> now, this, this man said, I don't know, Blast, I don't think you were that hype either. No, he was hype, man. Man, yeah, because I'm like, man, it was, from, dreary, it was a dreary day. I know right. I was getting some good snooze. Coming from, uh, coming from your room. All we heard was like, man, it can't be on. That's all we heard. <laughs> no, no, man. No. Hey, no. hey, just like that. No. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds just like him, man. That's, just, that's exactly how Blast sound, man. Uh, it hey, wasn't me. It was beat up. It was nah, beat up. That's it. Yeah. That's how you know he made it up. Because I never it, said it. It wasn't like me, that. man. Oh, man. <laughs> it was a crime. He was like, uh, I told him. <laughs> he said it was a cry. Those were classic days, man. Welcome back to the Hops and Stocks podcast. This is episode 31, brought to you by Hunter Spoke Media Group. We got uh, the homeboy, Ku Williams. Um, Ku is a senior manager of vulnerability and IT audit for CyberShore. As you can see in his background, um, he did not authorize that with us first. We do charge for publishing, I mean, promoting your business on our pod. So we expect to check after this show. Uh. <laughs> but it's uh okay, it's Mark. Up, How you feeling, man? I'm good. I'm good. Glad I'm glad to be here, brothers. Glad happy to be women's, here. Happy Women's Month to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what so, I tell you, cool. I'm just I'll saying, ready. Ready. I'll be ready. No, I'll happy play, happy belated International Women's Day to you too, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's 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 get a women they respect, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's give them their respect. Um, it is the beginning of March. And so, you know, we will be celebrating or recognizing women in beer with a couple of our offerings this in this podcast. Um, as we learn from our, our brothers in drought season, you know, women were an integral part in, in creating beer. Um, so we want to make sure that we recognize them here at the Hops and Stocks podcast. And I believe Blast and Doug have, you know what I'm saying, some some offerings to, to share with you guys. But you know what I'm saying? Like we always do about this time, I'm going to kick it over to my homeboy, Mr. Mouthache, Mr. What's in this can. Tell him what you're mm-hmm. drinking on tonight, beat up. Yeah, let's talk about it, man. Um, who was that? Yo, I don't know what that, that Fugazi was. That's a company cool's uh, computer, man. I know, man. That's that's cybersecurity oh, yeah. over here, man. Infiltrating that, our pod. Oh, it's cyber. <laughs> We're getting cyber attacks, man. <laughs> know, man. It's cybersecurity over here infiltrating the pod, man. Man, done, done, done unleashed a Russian worm on us, man. <laughs> right, man. He over here. He over here live. He over here live streaming our joint, man. Right, man. We, hey, man. Shut, shut down your device. Everybody got shut down their device. Right, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> we gotta keep Log this off. cat over here, man. <laughs> I mean, we should be safe tonight with Cybershore in the house. Right, man. I mean, CyberShore is the front. <laughs> that was the <laughs> he over there testing new products on us, man. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. I don't know what that was. <laughs> so, <laughs> like you said, it is Women's Month. Um, one uh, fact about that um, is that uh, out of 8,000 breweries, I think 2% is only women-owned. So... I'm glad we're shining some light on some women today. Yeah, I don't have an offering, but, you know, Blast and Doug do. Today is a street side offering. See, that can work. Out of Cincinnati. Um, it's an apple brandy um, style, uh, stout, um, barrel age and apple brandy, uh, 15%. So you're getting, um, it's boozy, um, dark. I'll show you. I'll Hold on, rewind that. You said fifteen percent. Yes, fifteen percent. Oh yeah, you getting on up there. Yeah, that's solid. It's black. Y'all can see it's in that phenomenal chalice right there. If you just turn that around, <laughs> yeah, man. He, so here's the, here's the thing. Every time he's re- reviewed a brew out of that glass, it's been ass. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be ass with the champs. But uh, you know, it's a uh, dark boozy, fourteen uh, percent, so we're strong. Uh, so you get that that vanilla, um, dark chocolate. The the barrel aged is from Kentucky. So these are these barrels are from Kentucky right here. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Bought this. What uh? What kind of uh? I guess uh, not brandy. What kind of bourbon is aged in? It doesn't say. Doesn't say. Well, apple brandy. That's what it says. Um, that's I bought this in single, so it was fifteen fifteen bucks for a, for a single. A dollar a percent. I can dig it. So it better be good. I'm going to make it good. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. Cool. I'm yeah. sorry you got to witness this beat up by the active fool. You know what? Maybe <coughs> was in this can real quick, man. Um, I've had this before. Um, Eric got us hit when we was in Nashville for Brewfest, and it was pretty good when we did that review. That y'all will never see because <laughs> it's the footage. <laughs> <laughs> you have the footage, man. Lost footage. Lost footage. I actually like this. Um, it was good back then. It's, it's better now. The flavors haven't come out because I just cracked it maybe like 15 minutes ago. But yeah, I get this off top, man. I, it's, it's four and a half. Okay. That's what's up. Hey, that, that deserves a little. Oh, yeah, big. Hey, just make sure y'all talking so we we don't get kicked off of YouTube. Tennis from Oregon's in Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was only, yeah. That was only five seconds. Uh, RP big. Yeah, RP to big man. Um, Street Style Brewery, um, Apple Brandy. Uh. 12% on A. It's 12 on ABV. My fault, Blast. 12, not 14. Man, that's, still, that's still good. That's still yeah. strong. Four and a half. There it is. Four and a half. What kind of what kind of notes are you getting on it? Dark chocolate, a little bit of vanilla. I do get that boozy because it's, it's it's coming through my nose right now. So <laughs> it, it check all the boxes as a as a potent potent little drink. I don't know if you want to be reaching for this often. This is a special occasion. Uh, since 
since uh, we celebrating big and women's month, I figure I'll, I'll break it on out. Yeah. Dig it. I don't want nothing coming through my nose though. Like, what is what's that feeling? It's heat. <laughs> it's that, it's that heat. <laughs> is that the brandy? Is a age of apple brandy barrels. Okay. I'll kick it off next, man. If unless you want to, Blaine. Oh, you got it, sir. Yeah, we we received a list of um well we researched. We did we did our research and there was a, quite a few breweries that were claiming that women held either ownership position or leadership position. So I chose um, a brewery out of Columbus, actually called um, Seven Sun. And I went with this evening, I went with their offering of, uh, it's called Assistant Manager. It's one of their flagship beers. It's an American uh, Golden Ale. And... I mean, you know, I, I got started a little early, man. I was trying to get on to kind of get situated, and I've been I've been sipping on this, and I, I enjoy it. It's um, I like ales anyway, and just a little information about it, it's uh, um, four point five, so it's not real, real heavy or strong. It's thirty six IBU. It has a crisp, crisp floral hops with breakfast cereal like maltiness and uh one of the it says one of our most crushable beers so this is one of our flagship beers and i enjoy it man seven sun um obviously there's some female hands that went into brewing it so we're happy about that as we celebrate women's month um women's history month pretty nice can you know nothing too spectacular little kitty cat kind of catchy with the black and white yeah yeah sipping on uh I don't know. That's a long bottle or something to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to be rude, but I'm about to get another one. Yeah, I like the color on it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get out a, a rating? I'm drinking out of a the proper ale glassware. Um, I would give it <clears throat> a four. No, I mean four. solid four. You know, it's not, you know, it's not kicking me to the wall like, man, this is great. But, you know, solid four for the for the price that I paid. I got a six pack. Um, you know, four is good. You know? Yeah, you can't beat that. Did you get that at our spot? No, nah, um, I started going to the other one, man, because their selection is just so much more better for real. Gotcha. Only thing is at that spot, you can't buy singles. So the honey hole is good from the standpoint where you can just snatch one off and not be really committed. Yeah. At the other honey hole, you're you're committed. So it's like <laughs> um actually uh B dub, I grabbed the last street side. I'm gonna review it next week. It's like a raspberry blueberry joint. I'm it's called Raspberry that. Beret. Yeah, you already had it? No, nah, I seen it. I seen it. Yeah. Yep, yep. So but again, I had to buy the whole the whole four, so hopefully it's good. And I can't I can't mess with that. I'm a singles man, man. If you ain't selling singles, <laughs> I can't, even, I can't even mess with you. You're a single man. You're a single man. But uh, I, I did ask, though. I mean, you know, I was like, man, can I snatch that's one? He was like, nah, we can't do that. He was like, beat it. <laughs> you know, at the other spot, I mean, I guess I can just call it Jungle Gems. At the other spot, they do have a whole wall of singles. So I never really go over there to check. But I do nah, check. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think I've, I've seen that wall before. 
So uh, pretty good. You know, like I said, I'm it's almost finished, so you know it's not that bad. All right, well, I'm gonna take the baton and uh we're gonna sure. keep the, the women's uh ownership theme rolling. We're gonna take it out to the left coast. I got some of that west coast. Uh <laughs> this is called Lost Coast Brewery, and it's tangerine. Tangerine is the name of the brew. Um, there's the can, decent can work. Um, it's basically, you know, pretty simple. It's a wheat beer and it's brewed with tangerine, uh, 5.2 on the alcohol. And I'm not really a fan of wheat beers. Um, I didn't know it was a wheat beer until after I had gotten home. So we're going to see what it's, uh, hitting for. It smells great. I mean, the tangerine and the citrus notes coming off of this is excellent. Let me see if I can give y'all a shot of the pour here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it looks good. Oh, yeah. Nice color. That's going to be fire, man. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Um, it kind of reminds me of that um, Rattler that we had that heated discussion about. Um, it's, not as, it's not as sweet as that. So for those of you who were turned off by how sweet that Rattler was, this will probably be more your speed. I am getting that... Uh, that wheat taste on the back end that, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, but, uh, you know, the tangerine does balance it out a little bit. I'm probably with Doug. I think I would get this. I'll give it a four. Yeah. Only it's one definitely uh, crushable. Only one I think the beer people call it sessionable. So, you know, you can enjoy <laughs> more than one for sure. <laughs> Only one person had a problem with the sweetness, man. That was E. I don't beat up wasn't feeling it either. Are oh, you like that Rattler either? We had we had Rattler in Nashville. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's when we did that review. Yeah. It was that was, orange can. Yeah. It was, Y'all was crapping all on it. It was so many different, better selections that night. Uh, you know, it was, it was unmemorable to me. I can dig it. Well, uh, you know, shout out to Lost Coast. Um, what are y'all doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You can, you can take it, E. You sure? You got it. All right, yeah, I cool. was just saying, you know, just sending a shout out to the brewery and letting cats know where they was at, Eureka, California. Shout out to my HH two. They had uh, several of the options that was on the research that we did. So nice to know that you know we can get a lot of different varieties there. Right. Different styles, right. all that good stuff. So you, yeah. so you guys are, are fans of sweet beer. I am, uh, I am personally. It depends yeah, on the on the level of sweetness. Um, I do like fruit forward beers. I don't like a it that just that particular beer just was and just for me just was overly sweet. Um and it had more of a an artificial sweet taste versus like flavored by fruit. Yeah, you see, it was just like drinking cavities. What you got international? I love Yeah, family. man. Yeah, it's international E checking in from Mexico. Um, and just like last month, you know what I'm saying? The fellas choose to, well, I don't say the fellas chose to, um, but Women's History Month was a was a curveball to me because I'm in Mexico and I'm drinking fine Mexican brewed beer all month. So once again, I don't have access to any women owned, women, women led, but I love the ladies. I love y'all. Trust so me. I love the title nine beer out here. 
<laughs> I love the ladies, man. Sounds discriminatory to me, man. Discriminatory. I love, I love the senoritas, man. I love man, the instead of international e discriminatory. E. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> I hey, love the ladies. Drinking so, that meat beer over there. Man. Oh no, 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 hey man, I'm not gonna let. Hey, so the last, the last episode that if y'all already checked out episode thirty, you'll hear all the beeps. At, at one point in time, we probably gonna release all of this uncut footage in a behind a paywall. Um, we'll see who's the discriminatory one. <laughs> but anywho, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm choosing to go with so this is a Baja Brewing Company. Um, and they actually have a brewery down here. I haven't made it over to it yet, but this is readily available in the, the local grocery stores that I've been hitting up. Um, and so I've actually tried, I believe, like their entire line just by the grocery stores. But this is Peyote IPA. And so it's a 7% IPA. Um, and once again, it's out of down here in Cabo San Lucas. Um, check it out. The color of this mug is, is kind of crazy for IPA. Oh, yeah. Like it's yeah. it's like an amber color. Amber, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like an amber color. So I wasn't expecting that when it came out the bottle, man. But it's a, a nice, nice, pretty color. Um, let me give it a sip real quick. Pretty color. Yeah, it's pretty dope, man. It's it's not grapefruit. It's not heavy on the grapefruit notes. You're getting more of a like light orange kind of tangerine and lemon type taste to it. Um, not overly hoppy. I'm assuming the IBUs on it is pretty low because it's not hoppy at all. Like it's 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 a really drinkable ipa um i would give it a a four um just because when i drink ipas i i, I prefer the more hoppy ipas with the higher ibus this is delicious though i mean like it, the drinkability is high it's just not what i look for when i pick up an ipa um once again this is baja brewing i'm giving this a four i'm probably gonna buy some more while i'm down here signing off International. You give beat. us a, um, a ABV on that one. Seven percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a decent. Um, I did a, a little bit of research on Baja, and the owner actually is from the states. He's from Colorado, um, and he moved down here to to Mexico to to open up a brewery. Mm, <laughs> cultural appropriation beer. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man. Say that again. What you say? <laughs> it's that cultural appropriation beer, man. Hey, man. Hey. Last, last, you need stand up. That's pretty you, good. Put that good. suit on, boy. You are a whole different um, attitude, one, one, one note that I want to mention. Um, the first black brewery, I'm sorry, the first brewery owned by a black woman is Harlem Brewing. Uh, it's owned by yeah. Celeste Beatty. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure, you know what I'm saying, that we mentioned her, you know what I'm saying, because that's, that's, that's big. You know what I mean? There's only one time to be first. So let's give a shout out to uh, Celeste Beatty. Huh. I'll raise so my glass today. Yeah, yeah man. man. Cheers, cheers, I cheers. Think we need to uh, see if we can order some uh, some Harlem Brewing and get that on the show before the month month ends. Yeah, uh, we can. Uh, with this Aku glasses, what you hold over there, Aku? Well, because I couldn't find the Aku beer, this is the actual glass. But I'm sipping on some... I don't know if you can see it. Some Carib. Yeah, Carib. there we go. I know big Carib. It's a smooth light lager, you know. You know, being that I have some uh, tropical blood 
blood in me. You know, I like my beers a little, my Lager's a little bit light. You know what I'm saying? I like to stay fit. A lot of stouts is kind of heavy for me, but I like a light, smooth uh, Lager. Um, it is 5% on the, the Richter scale, so that's not too bad. Not too bad either. But I, I actually had this beer when I was um, on an island. So when I seen it, I usually grab it. You know what I mean? For so you, I, think uh, I think I've had it in the Caribbean before, man. Bahamas. Yeah. Are you Haitian? Yeah. What, are, what, what are you? <laughs> I'm a black American. I'm, African, I'm actually African American. Said, to be technically from the island. Haitian island or what? I mean, where? No, I'm from the I'm from the island of Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> by way of Cleveland. <laughs> no, you, you just said you, you got some Caribbean. You said you had some. some it's West African, West African. I said I was in the Caribbean uh, when I had this. When I I've had, had that uh, too. That's pretty good. Beer. Yeah. You enjoy it? Ain't, ain't you from the island too, man? Where'd you get huh? it from? Ain't Doug? Doug, ain't you from the island too? Ain't you from the Midwest? Ain't you from the uh, Middle East? <laughs> you, no. you where'd you get from yeah, where'd you get that career from? Uh jungle not jungle gyms, but uh party source. Oh, okay. IPAs. What's your go-to? Uh, What's your go-to beer? I, I don't even have a you know, what you bought that one right. over by my house, Doug. It's a new brewery yeah. on the uh, north side. And they're at they're actually about to build another one in Mason as well. So they they which one on north side, cool? Uh man. I got to think of the name of it now. I sent it to the one Doug, with the because he started the monks? on the north side. Is it the one with the monks? No, I don't think got monks. Hold on. I'll look it up. I thought that was Hamilton. I thought the one you sent me was in Hamilton. It's on Hamilton Road, but, you know, north side, oh, okay. Hamilton okay. Road. It's closer okay. to Clifton. Oh, okay. Down that gotcha. way. Yeah. That's what's but, up. It's a, it's a nice little brewery. I go down there a lot. We're going to hit it up. We're going to hit that up. Yeah, they're real cool in there. And they got like this back part where you can go and just grab all sorts of different I, I know. Of I know what you're talking about. Uh, gravity. Higher gravity. Yeah, like that. higher gravity. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice spot. Is that white on? Is that white on? Yeah, it's white on. Got TV, <laughs> yeah. TVs in there? TVs. Yeah, TVs and a bunch of taps. And like like Koo said, they you know basically have a – a honey hole in the back where you can, you know, buy whatever you want. I think you're allowed to bring it out front too and drink it if you want. Yeah, might have to might have to visit that for uh, March Madness, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice spot. Yeah, it's a cool spot. And then, like, when it's warm, they got the uh, the garage door open windows that kind of opens up to the outside as well. So that's a cool little spot. Gotcha, that's cool, man. Okay. So hey, cool, man. Tell us about your um your your, your business ventures. Go ahead. No, I was gonna I was gonna echo the same thing that Doug was saying. Go ahead and uh, jump into your background. You know what I'm saying what you got going on as far as businesses um, and things of that sort. All right. Well, <clears throat> well, Cybershore is. Long story short, what we do is we do cyber assessments on networks to uh, ensure clients have the adequate cyber liability insurance. So what we do to get there is we identify all your vulnerabilities that are on your network, both internal and external. Um, we do, we trust but verify it. And then we'll also quantify your overall data 
that's potentially exposed on your network. So we compound all that information in different types of reports. I provide recommendations based off your vulnerabilities. And then based off the level of exposure or vulnerabilities that you need to mitigate, then we also work with um, insurance carriers as well. So we all know people are going through ransomware, giving Bitcoin. It's, it's heavy in the news right now. So what we do now is actually the good part and bad part, right? The good is it's helping my business. The bad is people are getting breached in ransomware. You know, that's that's the reality of the situation. But what we try to do is essentially help them mitigate those risks on your network. And by, by us doing that, if you are a client and you want cyber liability insurance, we making sure like, okay, here's your data. This is how much you need to truly be covered by. Here's a different type of examples of cyber liability coverage. Because you can have, we'll just say, a million dollars worth of data that's on your network. You want to make sure that it's adequately covered. You know, So if you're not adequately covered, you're breached, then either you can get denied if you're not doing the right things to mitigate the risk, or you got to come out of pocket because you weren't adequately covered. Think about car insurance. You know, if you gap, think about gap insurance. Once you roll off the lot, your car depreciates, right? But if you get gap insurance, you get hit and totaled. You know, it takes care of that that gap. Insurance is insurance. You know, at the end of the day, insurance ain't trying to pay nothing. So you want to make sure you cover, but you don't want to be underinsured as well and come out of pocket if someone wants you know five hundred thousand million dollars in Bitcoin. Yeah, that that was what I was going to ask. Your, your company is only worth X amount of dollars. So what's happening now, these small, medium-sized businesses are going under because they can't afford to pay the ransom. And yeah, if you can't run your company because all your information is on lockdown, you're done. So does your so company uh, prevent prevent people from getting hacked in, in those situations or do you kind of help them deal with, you know, once you've been hacked and someone is asking for a million dollars for you to get your data back? Is that kind of where you guys step in or do you? try to prevent we're it all together. We're in the middle of that. We, we help you be proactive. Mm -hmm. We can't, we can't stop it. We're more con on a consultation service. So we're, we don't do the tactical piece, but what we do is we bring in our partners to do the tactical piece. But what I can tell by the assessment is saying, here's all your, here's all your risks. And if you want to be adequately covered, we need to start mitigating those risks and eliminating some of those things. Or if it's real bad, bring in a partner, and help them work through it. So if you're a small company and you don't have like a chief, chief information security officer, we offer that as well. So we have a partner that will come in part-time, you know, from a consulting service and be that CISO that you don't have. Um, you know, incident response plans, disaster recovery. A lot of companies, small, medium-sized business don't always have a good one in place. But now that everybody's getting breached, what's going to happen if you were to be breached? You got to have those things in play. How are you backing up your data? Those sort of things. A lot of companies think they're doing well, but they're actually not. And, and they're finding out the hard way once they get, you know, get that ransomware. So what, what, are, what, are, what are some things that are being breached? Like, are you talking about employees' personal information? Um, you know, what, what, what type of things are being put out there? Everything. So you got your personal information. So say... If someone breached uh, your email or your house or your network at your job, you know, they would get your your information, Doug, depending on what's on their network that's um, exposed, right? So I can get Doug Toller. I can get your social security numbers. I can get health records if you're in a hospital. Um, 
if you work for, uh, think about any type of industry, that information is on there that would prevent you from doing your job well. So if I lock that down to where you can't get to it, now you owe me money and then I'll release it. But see what they're doing now, they're actually like nice people, like the bad, these cybersecurity people, they they really just they just want the money, right? Their, their intention really is not to truly expose you. Um, they just want that check, right? And then once they once you give them some Bitcoin, you know, they'll actually tell you what to do, how to do. You know, they're, I mean, that's literally 800 numbers you call. Like, they'll send you an email. We lock you down. You call them. They're like, you know, send us the Bitcoin. We'll tell you where it's at, how you've been breached. Walk you through the process. Have a, have a nice day. So then, where, where are the regulators? Like, where, where's, like, the cyber police? Like, I mean, can you they're call out them? There. <laughs> they're, they're out there, but you, you can't police something. Is everything is counteractive, right? It's reactive. Same thing if you break into a bank. You could be like, man, where are the cops at? Well, cops are always around, but you can't stop the actual robbing of the bank until they're in the process of robbing the bank or it's afterwards and then you capture them. I get that, but you, you just mentioned that somebody gives you a 1-800 number. I'm like, okay, police, call this 1-800 number. No, we no. <laughs> you know what I mean? But. If you well, I'm not exactly eight hundred numbers, so let me okay. put it more perspective. <laughs> you're contacted, right? You you are contacted, but there are um, numbers they can you can call. There's ways to contact them where they're essentially walk you through. You know, some of it is more international because it can't be caught, right? So like Russia, America knows Russia is doing all sorts of stuff, but we can't touch them because they're in Russia. But they can still get into your network. That was probably the most versatile type of crime there is where you could just sit at home with your feet up and break into somebody's network, lock it down and get a couple million and then release it. Yeah. Hospitals always getting held for ransom. And yeah, because I mean, you, you the thing is, if I break in, lock your information down and threaten to put it out there now from a HIPAA standpoint, you know, you're, you're baking those regulatory um, things, but then you can get sued. Because now you're, you're not putting the proper controls in place to prevent this. And now, you know, we found out my information is on the web or out there that, you know, someone was sick and has some sort of disease and that shouldn't be out there. So and, and plus, like you said, I mean, if, if someone locks your data, you can't do your job. Right. Like you come to work and, you know, your, your network is locked. <laughs> like, OK, what do we do now? And, right. they, and they pay that ransom, too. Yeah. yeah, a lot of a lot of companies pay because a lot of companies now it's so deep now that companies now will hire um, law law firms. So companies, big companies, they already have law firms are on retention. So because if they were to be breached, they don't want the information to get out. They have a PR firm, forensics coming in. They got to protect their brand. So remember when like Target and those big companies got breached, right? Yeah. If they would have had a law firm and things in place, a lot of information possibly wouldn't have got out. There's people getting large companies getting breached all the time, but it's it's locked down, it's protected, and then the lawyers and the forensic teams are actually working with the uh, cyber criminals to get that at least that payment down or finding better ways to pay them. Mm-hmm. So it's wild. It's like wild wild west out there right now. Man. Aside aside from like business and just the regular consumer, because I know I've been. Uh, my identity has be, been stolen and I've gotten emails about it's been a breach at 
at this place where my account is, blah, blah, blah. So once you get that notification that you've been breached, blah, 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 what, what are some steps that an individual could do after that? Like, what do you do? Just, I mean, I, I panic because I didn't know what to do. If you, if you get an email or I don't know if you guys are getting those texts now, it'd be like from the bank and, and have like a link in your text message. Don't even click on the link because it's a setup. You know, you should already your your banking, your financial institutions should already have protocols that, of course, you know, we got to read to find this information out what they do if you were truly to be breached. So if you think you are either go into that branch or actually call the bank itself. And then they'll validate. But what happens is like in your case, Bill, you get annoyed like, oh, snap, I'm in breach and it has a link. Let me click on this. And, and the link says enter in my my information. So I enter in my account information to verify, boom, I got you. That's simple, you know, and you know, there's, there's code that gets ran on your network and then now I lock you down or I'm able to take your credentials. And so like, if you're using, you know, bdub at hotmail.com and your password is Michigan sucks, then uh-huh. you know, what they'll do is they'll put those credentials in like amazon.com and go to various websites and go to various banks and it's just a script like they're just taking people's information and it's constantly running and next you know it's like who ordered amazon or who ordered this or who did this because they're just taking information and just going to sites and just running scripts and like it's 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 big it's big business and, and right that's now. what happened like i went to i went to macy's and um i was buying some polo and he she was like um you can fill out this uh, macy's credit card and get, oh, I think it was like 15% off or something. I was like, all right, you know, cool. She ran it. It got denied. Actually, they right. got denied for this credit card. She was like, well, they're going to give you this number. You call it and they tell you exactly what it is. She's like, but I'll still give you the, um, the percentage off. So I called and it said that I already had a Macy's credit card. I'm like, listen, why would I be applying for a Macy's credit card if I already had a Macy's credit card? Somebody I already used my identity had a Macy's and then it just went down the line. I had a Macy's, I had a Costco's, I had something else. It was all in like Wisconsin. I'm like, I've never even been to Wisconsin. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they were just eating. So they opened, up, they opened up these accounts yes, and they was trying to, they was trying to max them out same day. So yeah. it threw a red flags and they just put them on hold. That's the only reason why I didn't go through. So ever since then, I put all these fraud alerts, fraud alerts on my accounts. Other than that, you know, I'm saying I don't, I, you know, I don't know ex- specifically what to do to to keep that from not happening. You know, from, so from that standpoint, it's one: if you're using passwords on different websites, constantly change your password. Um, that's one of the first thing. As irritating and time-consuming as it is to remember right. passwords, constantly change it. Um, because like I said, you and I'm I'm victim of doing this too, as a lot of people you use the same username and password at most sites, right? It's the easiest. But once they are able to because you might not be breached. So here's an example, right? You might use a, your um, they can get your email address, say, off of LinkedIn, right? So it might be we'll use this login, we'll we'll assume that's his username, and then we'll use that same password, which we were able to extract just to run in, um, run all sorts of scripts. Then once we figure that out, we're able to get your information in a lot of other places. So that's, that's, that's how smart they are. And it sounds like, it sounds like cool that you can be on the illegal side if you chose to be. 
I, I could. I'm not that savvy, though. It, it's the next level to programming after that. But I can, for example, like for phishing campaigns, one of the things we do is we create fake emails and send those out throughout organizations to see if someone's going to open it, someone's going to look at it, who's going to uh, enter in their information, right? And then, of course, if they enter in, they fail, they're flagged. But that's how people are um, getting hit. I mean, people are using, what did it say? Doug, you send an email to uh, to be dub all the time at detailer at hotmail.com, right? But instead of having my email the there, period man. teller, it just says my damn email. But as an example, you know, you someone would take the D out, the detoller. B dub wouldn't recognize it. And you might say, yo, man, send me wire me this information, put give me your account number, or vice versa, right? But you're not realizing that's not Doug because you're not realizing yeah, you the gotta look close. So it's like, boom, I'll send you that information. And you know, there's some cat in Ukraine chilling. He didn't, you know, got wired, that money's gone. But people are actually doing this. You know, so this is some of the stuff that we consult on as far as from an education. These are things you have to look at, you know, scroll over when looking at the email. I mean, there sometimes these bad actors are actually in your network for like three to six months watching communication between like directors and their admin or managers and their peers. So they're able to actually emulate Doug talking to you like, what up, homie? Hey, man, I'm wife is tripping. I got to buy her some roses, man. I lost my credit card. Hey, shoot me over some money. Oh, no problem, Doug. I got you. Boom. It's not even Doug. But that's the way y'all talk. And you wouldn't even think twice about it. And this is going on in corporations. And then I'm realizing the peer is gone or I put an extra S on the name. It's little tiny nuances that they're doing. And even they're, they're even copying like the signature lines, right? So if you think, nah, Doug wouldn't call me and ask, you know, shoot me an email. But they put the number on there, so I'm just going to call them. But you calling your boss, you know, no one really remembers their boss's office number. So the, the number that they put in is really to the bad actor. So they can call, and you know, maybe an admin or somebody just answers the phone real quick. Yep, that's legit. Send over that, send over that wire. Okay, cool. I hang <laughs> up. <laughs> you just validate it. You think you, you, you think you did all the things right. He would never ask me for money. I called him. I'm thinking the admin answer. Nope, there's somebody else, and you still wired the money. So I mean, they're 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 quick, man. Uh, and, and and that's somebody, where a lot somebody of in their living room, somebody in their living room answering yep. the phone. Hey, cool. Right now, it's a lot of the emails. A lot of emails just clicking on that link. You know, everything looks similar. Like I clicked on um, a link just to look at it. The fifth third sent me something. Yeah, yeah, man. They always send yeah. the, the the website that they connect to exactly like fifth third's website. Burbage, colors, everything. But if you hover over the URL, it takes you to somewhere completely different. Yeah. But if you don't know that, then you can be like, okay, this is my fifth third. Boom. User ID, boom. Account number. I got you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm out they of here. They almost got me, man. You you sent out a um you sent out like a warning to people. About that fifth third, yeah, yeah. In the next couple of days, I got a text message. I'm like, nah, man, cool. Told me not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cool to back up a little bit when you was talking about the insurance. 
Um, and to use your analogy about gap insurance on cars, like how is data value? Because I know, you know, saying say you pay fifty thousand for a car, when you drive it off the lot, it's worth forty five. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that gap is is five thousand. So you have a value based upon the purchase price of that car. How do y'all value these companies' data? Um, the value of the data really depends on how the how the company works, right? So you can have certain data might be like EPHI information. That's critical. You know, that's information about your employees. PII, that's your personal information. You know, social security numbers, credit card numbers. All this is valuable information or just financial information that your company uses that you don't want exposed. So that there's always a value to that. And there's algorithms um, that can be used to kind of calculate based off the, the type of data that your company uses that's potentially exposed. So we look at that algorithm or we do our, our calculation based off the data that we found or that you as a client would say, we have all these type of records that we have 10,000 important records in our network that if exposed would break us. What's that? So we would do our calculation based off that and give you a value. Shut down. There's a dollar value to how many days. Calculation we do with that as well. So think about the day of, if you're out three weeks, what's that money look like? And that would affect your business, that loss of business, that loss of revenue, um, and all that really impacts your, your business. So from a data standpoint, it's not necessarily a gap. It's really how much, if that information was locked down, per how many days, if you're locked down, how much would that take away from your business and affect you financially? And that ends up being a lot if you can't work, you know, and, and yeah. same thing where a lot of companies are pushing information to the cloud. So they're thinking we're protecting now our information is in the cloud. Well, then you still have to put in a calculation. If Amazon goes down, we use there's if you use their web services or any other cloud service, if they go down, that still will affect your company. And your company is the one who takes the reputational risk from that standpoint. Because I, if I'm a customer, I'm not yelling at you. I mean, I mean I'm yelling at you, but I'm not yelling at your third yeah, party yeah, cloud provider, yeah. right? You have, right. I'm working with you. So you got to work with them. But now it's your reputation has, has taken a hit as well. So it's, it's a lot of factors that's involved in kind of what we do um, to make sure your company's being proactive before something does happen. Cause not a lot of times when it is going to happen, it's just really when and how much it will impact you when it does happen. We've all been breached yeah. already. Your, 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 your email domains have been compromised or where essentially your email domain just kind of sitting out there. I mean, it's to the point now, if you, if you do enough search on Google, there's people offering their service as ransomware. So say, say you got fired from a company, and you mad at your company, you can hire somebody to put ransomware on a company and say, hit them for, we'll just say 500,000. The guys will probably say, I want to take a percentage of that and let yeah, me get my crazy. cut. Cool. Of course, of course, the cyber criminal, he's going to take the higher cut. I might just say, let me get let me get 100,000. You take the four. Cool. Give me a couple days, then a couple weeks. Let me work this out. Let me find my way in there. And once I'm in there, we good. And you want, you know, it's, and if you're that good, why not offer your services? You know, that's a legit sure. Google search, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's out there. You have to research, but it's it's out there. How do you protect that, man? Like when 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 I search, you know, my name, 
and my damn cell phone number comes up, address. I mean, how do you protect against that? Or, or, or you can't because a lot of the stuff that they that we're allowing right now is not used in a negative manner, but it is. You know, they people are selling our information, and and that is big business. So what happens is your information is being sold here, 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 and then one of those other organizations that bought it they get reached, boom, and you don't even know how and where it happened because you've been. Everything about all the apps that we use, websites we go to, you got to check that little act box. We, no, nobody reads it. We're just trying to finish up so we can use that website. Right, or app. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean, we don't think about it, but they're right. basically you agree. saying. They're like, do you agree? But yeah, I agree. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, try to use that app real quick, man. Yeah. Like, all right, all right, all right. You know, we'll get through it. Next thing you know, you, what you're not saying, what you're not reading is, you know, we're going to take your information and sell it. Are you okay with that? They need to have a timer on those. Uh, when you read the little disclaimer or whatever, it needs to be like a, a five minute timer. If you <laughs> click on it before that five minutes, I know you ain't yeah, read that. <laughs> like you could have read right. this. Man. Yeah. Come on, they wouldn't do that because they will lose business. Man, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, it's usually a small little box that's probably we got to scroll. You don't even have to scroll anymore. Just click the the, the check box and it's you good. Mm-hmm. Some websites you at least oh, got to yeah, scroll. Yeah, they, they do so make they you scroll. Good, right? yeah. Yeah, you scroll. They did something. Some of them they just got the box. Like, did you read everything? You're like, yeah. <laughs> like, no, you, didn't. you ain't scroll nothing. <laughs> hey, you look, you look, and they say that they have like a hundred million users. Like, man, I'm just one of the hundred. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Hey, cool. Uh, I want to for a second and talk about uh, some of the things you do outside of the company uh, with UC. I know every once in a while. I'll get an email from you, you know, in your UC capacity. I'll be like, hi, I'm like, yeah, that's my guy. Cool. You talk about, uh, you know, some of the resume, you know, the board of governors, uh, you always rep in the college of business. I rep that too. So from, um, from a UC standpoint. So I chair the African-American alumni affiliate for UC. And then I, I've been sitting on the board of governors business college for like the last okay. six years. Um, I started off there. Um, actually, a friend of mine who's actually a partner of mine at CyberShore um, put me on and asked me if I wanted to do it because they needed some, basically, they needed a black voice. And it was just a bunch of, you know, older kind of white people that would sit on the board. And how are you going to be the voice of students or helping students out, but you have no one on the board that looks like them? So I just took it as an opportunity to be the, the voice of the black people. Because as you know, it was not a lot of us in the business college. So um, that was my whole, really my whole focus. I came in there kind of energetic, raised some havoc a little bit um, to kind of get some things started to where they can kind of just see literally one, yes, we might have some black students, but we're not even retaining them. Like their whole thing is we're, we're getting them in. What are we doing wrong? Why are they leaving? Like the, the black experience in the business college is not good. Like it's, if you're an 18 year old coming in from a majority African-American neighborhood, you're coming into a business college and there's a handful of individuals that look like you. That's intimidating for a lot of 18 year olds, both male and female. And there's things that you want to join. You don't know how to, you know, we don't know really know how to network yet, really how to get in a swing of things at that age. So what happens is they transfer out to college. Um, so we had to find ways to retain them. And we started putting some programs in place and then the business college started investing. 
and certain programs as well. So once those programs start kicking up, one of the things we do is we sign off each year on a budget um, for all the different type of groups or organizations inside the business dodge. So I just made sure that, you know, the black led organizations got, we needed that start. So at this certain, I don't know what you're doing behind. So we didn't then, um, once those things were there, retention started going up. So I think right now, as for African-Americans and business college, I think it's, it might be the highest it's ever been as far as having them in a business college. Now, the next step is to retain them. And then that's a whole nother retain sometimes experience or sometimes it's just you have that money to afford to come back another year. So what what things are out there financially um, that are out there to kind of help students as well? So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to be on the 4A alumni, um, because I felt, one, we have a lot of African-Americans that graduate from UC, but they don't know about a lot of the programs that can be uh, funded to really focus on the Black student. And that's one of our failures, as you see, that I'm trying to change culturally um, within, you know, you see all the red tape. But the reality is, you know, and I'm, I didn't give anything back to UC truly I got on the board. And so I was like, all right, I guess I got to give back, right? So if I'm going to sit on this board and talk all this shit, I need to give some some money back, you know, to money speaks volumes when like it comes to UC. To get the club. I know you ain't paying back to school, man. <laughs> right. It's a tax write-off, though, so it's, it's advantages. You know, I ain't just giving away money. So, <laughs> there it is. Like, yeah. there it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, wait a minute, it's a write-off? Okay, okay, I can give a little. I can give a little change back. Let me write that off my taxes. But it was still overall. Even if you talk to other Black alumni, it was their experience at UC is one of the main reasons why they don't give back. Because what we paid for our education, we walked away with a degree, but it was pot. It was bought and paid for by us. We're still paying back student loans. But what really was there for us that in your heart was like, I want to give back. So what's going on now is there's a lot of initiatives that if you're playing the money game with UC, you're looking at it holistically. UC is saying, what is the black alumni giving back to uh, UC? And their numbers are, are very low. But if we're able to say there's a discretionary fund, there is um the Shawnee Scholarship Fund that allows Black students to travel overseas and study abroad. There's advanced, there's all these different programs that if we were able to promote them, then as Black alumni, I'll give directly to that. You know, I'll give to that discretionary fund where a Black student can't afford books. I'll, I'll put money in that fund because I know it's going to help directly help a Black student. So these are things that I'm really trying to push as alumni for, hey, Collectively, you see, we'll see now black alumni are giving back, but now we want to do more things for black alumni to help raise money. Now we can get more backing from the University of Cincinnati to help support alumni initiatives. Her, I mean, what list are y'all pulling from? Because, um, you know, I'm a proud UC alum and I, I don't receive a whole lot about, you know, giving to initiatives or anything like that. Um, Blast and I are both. Dharma T. Turner scholarship recipients. I mean, I would love to be able to give to Dharma T. Turner scholarship just alone, isolated to, to that organization. What's what's the um where are they pulling from? Like where where are they getting? Yeah, and and that's part and that's part of the problem that I'm trying to 
you know, even though it's voluntary, that's what I'm trying to raise the voice or raise that awareness around. Because like you said, if you and Bill had or understood or got information on that, so you give direct tour, that's more scholarship for another black student. You know what I mean? Right, right, but if right. you're not getting that information, how can you give back? So that's, that's really a lot of internal stuff that's going on at UC gotcha. that they're really trying to work on um, right now. And so if you have that, and think about other other scholarship programs. I mean, it's it's avenues that we can give back. So if we have 10 swim lanes where black alumni can give back to whatever swim lane that month they want, collectively you see we'll see all oh, black alumni are giving back. Then if we want to do something bigger, then now we can hold weight because you see is looking at now we have a rate of return. What's our ROI? That's like okay, they are giving back. So let's give more money. Like the the black, the uh, Onyx and Ruby Gala, like yeah. UC had to help us out with that. You know, it's only been going, it's been going on strong the last couple of years, but you had to have people kind of push and be a voice. They'd be like, y'all giving us scrap. You're trying to raise money like, you know, the other alumni and y'all, you know, President Pinto, the presidents wouldn't be there. It would just be like, here, y'all can just go do your little fundraiser thing. But then it's not even been truly being supported. So now it's truly being supported and we're starting to raise more money. And again, uh, it's just it needs to be more accessible because I didn't know that Onyx and Ruby was for everyone. I thought you had to be invited. I didn't know we could just buy tickets and go, you know. So it's, Yeah. So that one. I'm glad, I'm glad you um you spearheading that, man. Just do a better job. You know what I mean? Just do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have an email? Yeah, you just gave out his email a few minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, real talk though, do you do you get the email? Like, like black. I, I get that. Email. I get that spam. I get that spam from you, but I don't. Oh, be <laughs> no, we're back. To, we're back. We're back to what black people don't read. So now. now <laughs> yeah, I, I need to double check. I mean, I, I'm sure it's, it's, something it's in there. My, it's I'm in sure there. there's something on my end I need to do, but overall, it's not. You know. I know, I know the midday mingles come. I know it. You know what I mean? It's March 19th. How do I right. know that? Because y'all using social media, y'all putting it out there. I, I didn't, didn't know that. About the Onyx and Ruby. I yeah. didn't know that. March 19th. Where's it at, Koo? Yeah, mangoes. I already yeah. know. It's like, you know what I mean? My spot. All but right. I should know that information. <laughs> I should know UC information just as well as I know that you better throw another party. Okay. I'm taking off that, that day. I'm coming to that. But to but to your point, I do I do put that on social media as as well. Okay. So you know, we have to understand how algorithms work. Like a lot of black folk ain't gonna like or comment on stuff about giving money to UC, <laughs> whereas people are gonna like and talk about oh we about to turn up at at, at the midday mingle. So, so that's gonna, the what? that's gonna stay in your feed because that's what Facebook is for for people to interact. And nobody interacted when I'm saying hey give sign up pay seventy five dollars for a ticket to the Ooh, God, they're going right past that. Like, what else? What else we doing today? You're probably right. But I, you know, <laughs> what else we doing today? <laughs> so that's next. That's next Saturday. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Amigo featuring hops and stuff. Um, I should. I should be there, man. I may have some family stuff to handle, but you know, I I, I do plan out. If I'm not there Saturday, I'll be there Friday after work because that's what I do Friday after work. Mango. Blast. You down? Uh, the 19th. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, I'm, I'm gonna come down for that. It's cool. We I'll let you know. I, I reserve the right. Offline. to cancel. I'll let you know about it though. 
<laughs> hey, Glass already made his exit. <laughs> I, I just said I reserved the right to Nah, cancel. man, that was, that was a clear <laughs> exit, man. Yeah, man. That's uh, four to nine. I mean, isn't that, is that Sunday? No, no it's Saturday, bro. Saturday. I mean, isn't, Saturday. That, isn't that March they, Madness? They missed that, man. We, isn't we that peak playing. madness? Yeah, it's, uh, it's TVs in there. It's all oh, around. A bunch of TVs in there. Oh, okay. Hey man, that yeah. sound like that sound like a Hops and Stars networking event, man. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come down and uh guess we should we get some content, man. I'm man, with the cards and everything, man. Get get a hundred followers at that event. Said no I, might, I might have to scroll past and see what else I'm doing today. Limelight said no soliciting <laughs> your, uh, your Hey, man, before we get off of here, man, we want to thank you. But just give us a little background. How did you get into, um, you know, I know you were working other places, but, you know, just real short, like, how did you get into owning your own uh, business? I mean, you know, like UC, you're a graduate from UC, you're a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, of course, and all that. But how did you get there? Really, I just I just took a chance. I just l- utilized all the experience that I've had throughout the years to be real. So one of the things I've always wanted to do, be an entrepreneur, kind of work for myself and do my own thing as far as consulting. So throughout my years in IT, I would just be at a certain, uh, I would say, field, um, like every two to three years, and I would go to a different type of atmosphere. So I was in banking. Then I would try retail. Then I would try financial technology, pharmaceutical. So it was still IT, or even when I switched to IT audit, I still was in my field, but it was just a different entity, right? So you get to get that feel of each different industry while I'm still doing my thing. And then really, when I was at uh, TriHealth, when I did IT, I was running doing IT audit for all of TriHealth, you know, COVID hit. So because I'm an overhead department and you don't, we're too busy trying to save lives and no one knew what the heck was going on with COVID. I was only working two days, like two days a week. So it allowed me to kind of push more on my consulting side when I was doing web, you know, websites, some apps, um, business consulting. And then uh, Lawrence, I started consulting for him at Riskversity and we started realizing the need for really cybersecurity along those lines and really that niche of really um, quantifying data to ex- your exposure for uh, cyber liability insurance. So once business started picking up, because um, I was pretty much running that because I wasn't really working at TriHealth, then we just decided like, you know, business is growing, let's make it happen. So Risk Mercy became a parent company, a CyberShore. So CyberShore really just came from Risk Mercy. And then we just partner up on that. It's another guy who's a partner as well, who's really like a, a chief information security officer. I focus more on the vulnerability and IT audit line. But of course, I still have to understand cyber because in audit, you still have to be able to understand that as well, especially in vulnerabilities. So that's really how it was birthed. And that's how I got to where, you know, where it is now. That's what's up, man. Well, congratulations with your success. Get it, brothers. Cheers to cheers to Koo. You ain't even drinking. Yes, yeah, it's, it's right here, man. You see it? I don't went from beer to tequila, man. Hey, make sure Hops and Stocks is on the list, man. We're not paying to get into mangoes. <laughs> it's, it's free. Come to the door. Oh, it's right. free. I know that's how you like it. That's how you like it. No. no. <laughs> 
Was y'all just breaking even? Y'all get the liquor sales? I mean, what? What, what happens? Y'all just we got, we got to talk offline about that one, brother. <laughs> hey, hey, cool. Uh, before we let you go, man, you know, I'd, I'd be uh, hard pressed not to ask you about your uh, <laughs> controversial performance in flag football. <laughs> 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 oh shoot! Can, can, we talk, can we talk about that for just a second? Let's talk about it. Please, Hobson Stock Nation, man. I want y'all to know that this man. Well, I mean, in in true fairness, we all used to get smacked before our games. So Facts. you know, we'd had these early games on Sunday morning. I'm like, what do they expect us to do? Not kick it on Saturday? And so you know, it'd be like eight o'clock. And we all was, you know, <laughs> running through the motions, half sick. But, man, this, this guy, cool. <laughs> he came into the huddle and he was like, I'm going to sit out this offensive series, <laughs> but I'll play defense. <laughs> he, he knew we could be shorthanded on offense, but he was like, you know, I, I, I'm needed out there on defense. <laughs> that was hilarious, man. It was hilarious. Hey, good times, man. You see. Yeah, yeah, that that was bad, man. We I, I realized we had the athletic ability to hang offensively, man. <laughs> I, was, I, was out there. I couldn't do nothing on offense anymore. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, cool. I, I was with you, man, because uh, one time uh, <clears throat> we had kicked it Saturday, and it was raining Sunday. So I'm like, all right, I can sleep in. It can't be on. You know what I'm saying? It, we it, we can't be playing. <laughs> That's not how you said it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> So uh, me, Doug, and um, Blast stayed on um, the forum oh, of MLK, yeah. and um, you know Blast got the call from Jared, <laughs> either yay or nay. So I guess it was a yay. Like we still playing. Yeah, so right. Blast came down the hallway, hype. He's like, it's on, it's on. Oh, I'm man. like, oh man, I can't believe can't I was hype. <laughs> <laughs> now this this man said, I don't know, Blast. I don't think you were that hype either. No, he was hype, man. Man, yeah, because I'm like, man, it was, from, dreary, it was a dreary day. I know right. I was getting some good snooze. Coming from uh coming from your room, all we heard was like, <laughs> man, it can't be on. That's all we heard. <laughs> no, no, man. Um, Damn, no. Hey, just like that. No. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds just like him, man. <laughs> that's, just, that's exactly how blast sound, man. <laughs> Nah, it hey, wasn't me. It was beat up. It was nah, beat up. That's it. Yeah, that's how you know he made it up. Cause I never it, said it wasn't like me, that. man. <laughs> it was a cry. It was like uh, I told <laughs> he said it was a cry. Those, those were classic days, man. We were we was liquor. We were man, just beer and liquor coming out of us, running up and down on football. Right. Yeah, man. The white boys <laughs> all Sunday morning. We won a chip though that year, didn't we? Or was yeah. That nah, the year before I think we was good, but the next year. We was hanging with Koo and Josh and Jerry getting smacked. Yeah, <laughs> Y'all took us down enough. <laughs> uh, before hey. we get too far off the rails, hey, Coop, share with our listeners any information, like any of your socials. Socials. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to get a hold of me uh, for Cybershore, www.cybershorellc.com. Uh, um, you can find us on LinkedIn at Cybershore LLC as well. Um you know, I, I do use um, Instagram. You could use Aku Consulting on Instagram as well. That's what's up, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, appreciate we'll, you, man. Your time. We appreciate your time, and we'd like to have you back on, man, so you can give us some updates on what the Russians are doing, man. Hey, man, anytime. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm studying. That They've already shown their hand a couple months ago in the summer. 
They knew this, this whole war was is a setup. That was that was a trial run. Hey, the election pipeline. They, the they took run. over our election, man. They took over our election. I feel a dumb. Yep. <laughs> all right, man. We're you guys ahead. are talking about all sorts of stuff. You shut it down, man. Hey, good, good. Hey, man. Yeah. Right, Once brother. again, cool. Thanks easy. for joining us. Hops and stocks. Signing out. Episode thirty-one. Peace. 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 Yeah. Spoke Media Group. We encourage our listeners to drink responsibly. Please note, we are not financial advisors. We do not offer or provide financial advice. Trademark copyrighted by Hunter Spoke Media Group.